Hey y'all, welcome back to the Fire and Water Cooking Podcast. I'm Darren, I'm your host, and today I'm going to talk about vacuum sealers. I didn't have any guests scheduled for today, so I decided I was going to take a day to just talk about vacuum sealers of different kinds, how to use them, where they came from, and all that. I've been doing a lot of vacuum sealer videos lately, so check it out. I'll be right back, and we'll talk vacuum sealers. Smoking, grilling. Getting hot and hotter, sous vide and chill from fire and water. Hey all, Inkbird's got a few new great products this year and one of them is their brand new vacuum sealer. Has a very compact design but has all the functions that you would need as a dry and moist option plus a seal and vacuum seal button and a stop button, plus a built-in bag cutter. It's small enough to fit in your drawer or take with you on vacation, so it also has an accessory attachment for any containers that use any other vacuum sealer uh, brand containers. Check it out, guys. It's like $60 right now on Amazon, so it's also very affordable. And it's an Inkbird, so I know it's a good product. So check it out in the link below. Check out Inkbird products and uh, back to the show. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Fire and Water Cooking Podcast. I'm Darren, of course. I am your host, and today we are going to talk about the vacuum sealers. <clears throat> um, didn't have a guest scheduled for today, so I figured I'd take uh, this time to really delve into something that's really become really popular on my uh, channel recently. And that is vacuum sealers. I've actually been doing a lot of um, reviews and unboxings and comparisons of different kinds of vacuum sealers. Uh, and it's just been really popular. And I think uh, a lot of it has to do with um, the popularity of sous vide cooking and the the way that uh, a lot of the vacuum sealers now, there's a lot more people making them. And since they're, they're getting more popular, you got more manufacturers coming out with different models and different types and uh, coming out with more budget-priced uh, quality vacuum sealers. So and I think more people are looking uh, to use them, especially with the pandemic. I think people are looking more to be able to use them for food preservation, which is one of the first um, reasons anybody ever used vacuum sealing uh, for food was to preserve it. And um, I think more and more now with sous vide, it's getting more popular because people are able to use it for much more than just one thing. Um, before, they were mostly used for just preserving food. And um, people, you know, either didn't use it as often as they thought they would or have as much need for it as they thought they would. So they would end up stuck in a drawer somewhere or at the thrift store. But um so we're going to talk about vacuum sealers today. And one of the first things I just want to kind of touch on is, um, you know, the history of vacuum sealing. You know, it's been around for, for decades. I remember when I was a kid, you had Food Saver and Seal-A-Meal. And I remember watching, you know, the commercials on TV about them all the time. And, you know, that's, you know, back then when they first came out into the home user, that's what they were geared towards, uh, people on budgets who you know, we're buying food in bulk or getting uh, food in bulk or hunters and they were using it to, you know, store food, you know, either 
you know, meats or proteins or vegetables to try to make it last longer. And uh, I just remember watching a lot of the uh, Food Saver and Seal a Meal type you know, commercials uh, back in the 70s. And that's that's what they were geared towards. So, you know, they were kind of developed back around right after World War II. They were using them over in Europe and uh, we were using them for troops. And, you know, it kind of started growing from there. And like the late 60s, early 70s is when, you know, companies started making them for the home user. And they, they kind of you know, got pretty popular there in the late 70s, uh, early 80s. And then they kind of died off a little bit. But I think they're making a big resurgence um, in the last 10 to 15 years because people are finding out that they have more use for them than they originally thought. Well, let's talk about why people would vacuum seal. There are many different reasons, but of course the biggest reason is for food storage and preservation. So buying in bulk, usually uh, you can go to the um, produce market or you can go to Costco or any other warehouse type store and you can buy you know a big pack of steaks or a whole subprimal uh, ribeye section cut it up into steaks yourself and vacuum seal it up and stick it in the freezer and it'll last you forever pretty much uh, people buy you know bulk they'll go to the farmer's market and buy a whole box of you know carrots or cucumbers or zucchini and vacuum seal it and store it in the refrigerator and it can last you know, twice as long as it would if it was just sitting in the drawer on its own. So that's, you know, the, the major reason people started using vacuum sealers. And of course, now with the growth and advent of sous vide cooking, that, that gives us all now another reason to use it. But um, what are the reasons vacuum sealing works as far as food storage or preservation is it removes most of the oxygen from the pack and I mean it uh, it uh, reduces the oxidation which oxygen will you know on both you know plant and animal proteins it affects the um, the, the way it um, breaks down so oxidation is one of the biggest things that you know especially for vegetables that affects its freshness so if you can remove most of the oxygen from its storage pack, you're going to actually make it last a lot longer. Now, it does um, since it does remove all the oxygen. What it does, it it doesn't allow for any of the bacteria that require oxygen to live to grow. But there are other bacteria that can live in oxygen-free uh, environments that will still affect the. Um, will still affect the food. So you got to make sure when you're using vacuum sealing, especially on stuff like meat or vegetables, you need to use another form of pres uh, preservation or storage as well, such as refrigeration or freezing, because there are different bacteria that are called anaerobic bacteria that can actually survive in an oxygen-free um, environment. So you can't vacuum seal a T-bone steak stick it on your counter and just let it sit there for days thinking it's not going to rot. It's still going to rot. Um, you still need to have it under, you know, refrigeration or it still needs to be frozen. So, but, you know, the using the vacuum seal, you know, removing the oxygen will help it stay a lot longer than it would without. That's for sure. 
vacuum sealing. Uh, there's other other things that you can do with vacuum sealing. And more recently, uh, there's been things called retort bags, which if you've had any of the um, tuna or other type of lunch type meats that are in the metal bags that sit on the shelf, that's kind of like a metal can uh, or bag, I mean like a bag can, uh, those are called retort bags. And those are used with a vacuum sealer and they have Usually they have some inert gas in them like nitrogen and they're vacuumed and sealed. And so that'll help prevent the, um, the anaerobic bacteria from growing. So that's why you can have a can of, or a metal retort bag of tuna sitting on the shelf for a while and then not having any issues as far as getting you sick. <clears throat> so one of the other main benefits of using a vacuum sealer for especially proteins, meat, chicken, pork, lamb, fish, is when you do put it in the freezer, it will prevent uh, freezer burn. Freezer burn can happen. Um, I'll just give you an example. In about five or six years ago, I had got a half of a, a cow and we had a big freezer out in my garage and all of it came wrapped in butcher paper, not vacuum sealed. It was all butcher paper. Well, about four months into getting into the, you know, all the ground beef and all that that I had in there, I started noticing I'd open up a pack and then there'd be this kind of white dried out section on top of the meat when I opened it up and that was freezer burn. And what happens is even though the the food may be wrapped up in butcher paper, um, air still gets in there and mixes with the ice crystals and causes the meat to dry out on top and it just gets nasty and pretty much unedible. So when you vacuum seal and you're getting any air out of there, you're getting any chance of air to actually getting into that pack and causing any kind of freezer burn. So I usually, if I'm buying, even if I'm buying just like a couple, a, you know, a couple of uh, two pound packs of hamburger or something, I'll vacuum seal it and throw it in there because I might not get to it for a couple of weeks. And if you just throw it in there in the store packaging, that little uh, film that they put on it with the styrofoam pack, that's not going to keep air out. There's actually air in there already and it's going to crystallize and um, you're going to end up getting freezer burn on it if you don't use it within a week or so. So <clears throat> that's one of the other things that vacuum sealing will help you do. I buy in bulk a lot. Um, I actually got a cow coming on order. Um, the end of this month, I think. So I got to, I'm cleaning out my freezer right now. And if it comes, I think the processor is actually going to vacuum seal this one. If they don't, I'll end up vacuum sealing all the stuff that came in the, uh, you know, that's in the butcher paper. I might just vacuum seal over the butcher paper just so that I know that I'm not going to get any kind of freezer burn on it. So what can you vacuum seal to, uh, for pr preservation? You can pretty much vacuum seal anything, uh, so all, all meats and seafood. Um, you can vacuum seal with no problem. Cooked foods, you can vacuum seal, no problem. Um, I often do that with, you know, if I cook brisket or pork butt or something where I have a big amount and it doesn't get eaten and I don't want to eat it, you know, all week. <clears throat> I'll save it if I have enough for another meal down the line. I'll vacuum seal that up and uh, put it in the freezer and have it, you know, a week two weeks down the road, I'll have another whole dinner with, 
you know, pulled pork or, or brisket or what have you. So it's really great for that. Um, some of the things that you have to be careful of when you're vacuum sealing, though, are certain types of vegetables, and those include broccoli, cauliflower, uh, cabbage, Brussels sprouts. They're all called the coriferous vegetables. And what they do is they actually emit a gas when they start to um, break down. So um, they will, even if you vacuum all the air out of the pack, they will um, start producing a, a gas once they're in your refrigerator and they will put puff up and um, they'll still continue to, to uh, deteriorate. So the best way to store those type of vegetables is to blanch them first and it'll stop it from producing the gas. So blanch it in like a boiling water for a minute or so. You don't want to cook it. You just kind of want to get it to where it stops producing the gas and then you can vacuum seal it and save it. So if you get you know, a whole case of broccoli or carrots or uh, Brussels sprouts and you want to save them in the vacuum sealer, just make sure you blanch them off first or use them within a, a couple days. So, um, but that's pretty much it. Everything else can be vacuum sealed up great. So now let's start talking about the, one of the reasons I started using vacuum sealing more than I did in the past was when I started doing sous vide cooking and sous vide of course, you know, is French for under vacuum, which, you know, that's what you're, you're doing. You're, you're vacuum sealing a, a, a protein and you're tossing it in the, uh, in the, uh, vacuum or the, uh, sous vide bath and cooking it. So it really makes it convenient now to vacuum seal pretty much everything that I buy. And then I'm, I'm actually going to, you know, even just because I'm storing it, but I can actually cook in the same bag. So what I do now is if I'll go to Costco and let's say I buy a um, bunch of steaks or I buy a whole rib primal or a big top sirloin roast and cut it into steaks myself, I'll individually um, wrap those. I, I can take those, cut those steaks up, season them up the way I want to cook them in the sous vide and then vacuum seal them and then freeze them and then have them ready for when I'm going to cook them up. That um, can keep them in there for two or three weeks and then decide, okay, I'm going to cook those for dinner tonight, toss them in the sous vide bath and they're ready to go. I take them out, put a little more seasoning on, sear them up and they're ready to go. So the convenience factor now with sous vide cooking and vacuum sealing makes it much easier for people to buy a vacuum sealer that they might not have bought one before if they were just going to use it for, you know, preserving food or what have you. But now that they have a reason to another reason to actually use it and it makes it a lot more convenient. Like I said, I go and buy, um, whole top sirloins. I'll buy a big pack of if chicken breasts on sale or chicken thighs are on sale or even a whole chicken. I'll break the whole chicken down and vacuum seal it, season it up and vacuum seal it. And then when I'm ready to cook it, all I do is I heat up my water bath and toss it into the sous vide and it's, you know, ready to go. It just makes it so much more convenient and easy to do. So with sous vide cooking, it, it really, and I think that's what a lot of people are looking at now, 
even though I, there's still a lot of people that will come into the forums when they're new to it, they'll do, I need a vacuum sealer. You don't need a vacuum sealer to start sous vide cooking or to even cook sous vide. You can use the water displacement method where you take a Ziploc bag or something and you put it in the water and it removes all the air out of the bag and then you zip it up or you attach it to the side of your container. That works okay and that works great. But the convenience factor when you start vacuum sealing the food, seasoning it up, putting it in the freezer, and then when you're ready to cook it, you just toss it in the bath and go. That's where people go, hey, it's really worth that you know, investment to buy the vacuum sealer because, A, I can buy in bulk now and not have to worry about losing uh, half the food um, you know, due to freezer burn or what have you. And, and B, it's ready to go. It's convenient. When I go to cook dinner now, I don't have to take the meat out of the refrigerator, season it up, then put it in a bag, then toss it in the sous vide, or wait for it to thaw out, or what have you. I could just take it right out of the bag from the freezer and put it right in the sous vide and cook it, and it's it saves me time, saves me money, and it saves me aggravation, which is uh, a really good one um, for me anyway. So I always get that question too. Can I season the food or my meat or my steaks before I put them in the freezer? If I vacuum seal them and put them in the freezer, can I do that? The answer is yes. Um, you know, salt will brine, you know, your meat, but the freezing process stops the brining from happening. So once the meat gets um, frozen, it's not going to brine anymore. You're not going to have any issues with it curing the meat i mean some people will say well it can cure it well it's not going to cure it unless you're using curing salts first of all and second you know when it does get frozen which usually only takes an hour or two um in a decent freezer uh, for a steak it stops the brighting process right away and you know two or two or three hours is not really a whole lot of time for that uh, salt to brine too much and another good thing is too when when that steak is seasoned and ready to go or whatever it is, steak, chicken, pork, and you put it in the sous vide, you know, slow, low temperature cooking actually speeds up the brining process. So it's going to start rebrining once the, it gets up to temperature in your sous vide and it's going to help that brine along. I have had no issues whatsoever seasoning meat, freezing it, and then tossing it in the sous vide to cook it. So if you have any issues with it, you can just don't do it anymore. If you want to test it out, maybe test one pack of chicken or pork, see how it goes for you. If you see the, that there's some kind of difference, then don't do it anymore. But for me, I've had no issues whatsoever seasoning the meat, vacuum sealing it, freezing it, tossing it in the sous vide and cooking it, you know, down the road. So um, like, like I said, that question gets asked all the time. There are different types of vacuum sealers, and nowadays that's one of the things and one of the reasons why I think they're becoming more popular. You can buy a decent, good vacuum sealer between $40 to $120 uh, on the lower budget side, and then you can go all the way up to $3,000 uh, to a fancy chamber sealer. Now, one of the good things is that the even though there's uh, more uh, – brands out there now some of the even the older brands that have been around a while are, are coming out with different models or options or trying to compete in the uh, uh, 
offering more for the money type thing because there is more competition in that um, in that market now. <clears throat> but the two major types of vacuum sealers are chamber and channel. And I'm going to go ahead and share my screen so you guys can see what I'm talking about. <clears throat> share this one here. So this one here would be a channel type sealer. This is more of a professional type sealer where it um, has a little bit more functionality, a little bit more durable than let's say a regular um, food saver type. Okay, so Inkbird, do you guys know I'm sponsored by Inkbird? And I actually probably didn't add for this particular unit um, in this uh, podcast, but they offer, they just started offering a cheaper uh, $60 food saver type chamber seal or a channel sealer right here, where, you know, you use either the rolls or a pre-cut textured bag. And that little pump and sealer here, and that's all that is. It's a little uh, vacuum pump with a sealer uh, bar on it. And what that does is exactly what it says it does. It will suck the air out of the bag and then it'll seal it and close it up. Really simple. Um, that's all it really does. There's nothing else that it can do. Um, the This particular one has a moist and dry function and that's all that really does, it's uh, the timing of the seal itself for if it's, if you select the moist option, it will actually um, just run the sealer for a little bit longer to make sure that it dehydrates any moisture so it gets a good seal. But that's all these type of uh, uh, sealers do. They vacuum the food, the air out and seal it. There's very little options. Like I said, uh, vac and seal or just seal. If you just were going to create a bag from a roll, you use the seal uh, to seal one side and then you put your food in and then hit back and seal. And then it's pretty simple. It sucks it out when it's detects that most of the air is out, it will seal the bag for you and then you move on. <clears throat> so you can get these, like I said, they're not built to last. They're not built to uh, do large volumes. So if you're processing uh, deer or you do a lot of bulk um, packaging, um, it's probably not something that you're going to want to do. If it's, you're an occasional user, you'll use it a couple times a week. Uh, you know, it'll probably be okay because they're just not built to last long. They're not built for, you know, uh, as durable as something where VacMaster here is built for. Same type of thing. This will do the same thing. It sucks the air out of the bag itself and then seals it. You have a couple more options where something like this will have a pulse function where you can uh, just press the button to suck the air out a little bit at a time because what happens if you have uh, moisture or a lot of water or if you're trying to vacuum seal like soup or marinade, it can get into the pump and uh, make it, uh, you know, misfunction or, or break the pump. So you don't want a lot of moisture going into the uh, inside of the unit itself. So that's kind of what this little part here does is it catches any moisture before it gets into the pump. So you don't really want to... Um, do any kind of you know big heavy moisture 
wet type things with these type of uh, units. So like I said, the, this one will last you longer uh, because it is made for more of a commercial type use. So it does have a stronger seal bar, has a stronger pump, of course, and it'll uh, it'll last longer because it costs more. It'll cost more than um, your $60 pump or your $60 uh, sealer. So it, it is made a little bit better, but it is still, it's a channel vacuum suction sealer. And then you have the chamber sealers. So chamber sealers are a little bit different. Chamber sealers actually work different than the actual external channel sealers. Channel sealers suck the air out of the bag, where a chamber sealer actually will suck all the air out of the chamber. So you take your bag, fill it with your product, and you put it in the chamber, and you put your bag over the um, seal bar here, and then close your lid, and then press your button, and then all the air gets sucked out of the chamber itself, and it lowers the actual um, atmospheric pressure of the inside the chamber itself. So what it does is removes any, any chance of any kind of air being in the bag at all. So it produces a lot tighter vacuum and you can do liquids and soups and wet items with no problem because it doesn't suck it out into the pump. It just lowers the uh, atmospheric pressure, sucks all of the uh, air. And like I said, uh, it it's lowers the atmospheric pressure in the chamber itself. And then when it releases, it seals it and then it releases all it'll close up and you'll have a something just like that <laughs> where it sucks everything out and closes it closes it up and everything gets sucked out and then you got a hundred percent vacuum now one of the things you got to look out for in a chamber vacuum is that since it does lower the atmospheric pressure in the uh, chamber water boils at a lot lower temperature the higher altitude you go with the with the lower atmospheric pressure, uh, water boils at different temperatures. So what you'll notice is, let's say if you put water in a bag, and a lot of people do this when they first get a chamber sealer, is they'll put water in a bag, put it in there, and then let it run for 40 to 60 seconds, and they'll watch the water start boiling um, after about 10 or 15 seconds because since it's lowering the atmospheric pressure inside the chamber, the water will start boiling at 70 degrees. So you can be in an air-conditioned building, and then the vacuum pump will be running, and you'll sit there and watch the water start to boil inside your chamber sealer. <clears throat> and it hasn't increased the temperature at all. just lowers the atmospheric temperature or the atmospheric pressure inside the chamber. So that's one of the things you need to watch out for then. So when you do put liquids or you put um, any kind of food in a chamber vac, you got to make sure it's cool um, or cold because since it, water will boil at a lower temperature, if you put hot pulled pork or hot steak or hot anything or hot soup in a bag and then put it in your um, chamber sealer, as soon as that atmospheric pressure starts dropping in the chamber, it's going to start boiling your um, food. And um, 
I really didn't, I, I knew this would happen, but I kind of didn't realize when I put in like warm pulled pork or uh, any other kind of protein that it would have that same effect on it. And it was brought to my attention at the uh, sous vide summit from one of the chefs that kind of let that out. And that's why you want to have everything cold because you can put your pulled pork or your brisket in there. And if you let it sit in there too long while it's pulling a vacuum and it boils the water that's inside that protein, it'll affect the uh, texture of the meat because it'll start damaging the cells of the meat. And then when you take it out and you go to eat it again, you're going to say, wow, this doesn't, this has got a worse texture than it does when I put it in. It's because you let it boil when it was uh, vacuum sealing. So these type of sealers have the ability to adjust the time on the, um, on the pump. So the shorter the time, the less of a vacuum it's going to pull or less atmospheric pressure drop so that you can actually do, um, do it at a lower temp or lower time and you don't have to worry about it boiling or getting too uh, hot and um, affecting the temperature. So, so just make sure if you get a chamber vacuum that that's uh, one of the things you pay attention to uh, as well. So, all right. So that's about all I have as far as the difference between the chamber sealer and and the vac and the uh, channel suction sealer. There are some, you know, things, you know, the chamber sealers, of course, are a little bit more commercial, um, uh, more uh, heavy duty. They're, they're, they, they can do more bags at once, you know, or in a row than some of the um, channel type sealers. And they do some things that the channel sealers can't since it doesn't suck it, you know, out of the bag. It uh, can do more liquid or uh, wet things <clears throat> or liquid itself. So you do have some um, benefits that way. But it also, like I said, if you're doing a heavy processing where you're doing, if you're a hunter and you're processing, you know, a deer or if you do a lot of bulk meats, um, if you're in a restaurant, um, most of your restaurants have channels, channel or chamber vacuums because they use it all the time. The chamber ones, they usually you can use them one right after another. The seal bars are usually a lot heavier duty. The, uh, the vacuum pumps are stronger. The vacuum pumps will last longer. Um, there's a lot more benefits, but that's why they cost more. Um, but nowadays, you can actually buy chamber vacuums. Uh, this one particular one I was just showing you on Avid Armor is $399. So um, they just came out with this model. It's a smaller model. It's more geared towards the home user. So it's not quite as big as some of the commercial type units. They have another one called the uh, uh, USV32 that's just a little bit bigger than this one. That's $599. So usually if you wanted a chamber sealer, you know, let's just say two years ago, you're talking minimum of $900 to $1,000 just for a basic chamber vacuum sealer. And now, as you can see, you're starting to find where companies are starting to come out with sealers that are under 500 bucks or around 500 bucks. 
And for a chamber sealer, that's a, a really great price. And you're finding more and more where people are buying those for home use or for food truck use or something like that. Caterers are using them more and more because they're getting more affordable. People are finding that they can buy the channel type vacs that are you know more heavy duty, uh, more made out of steel instead of plastic and at a, a better price. And it's going to last longer as well. So, um, Figuring out which ones for you is going to be pretty much based on your budget, how often you use it, how much you're going to use it. I always suggest you buy the, the, the one that you can afford, but also the one if you're going to use it a lot, sometimes you spend a little bit more money up front um, so you don't have to replace a unit too soon. Let's just say, you know, that $60 ink bird. If you're going to be using it, you know, 10 times a week for sous vide and then, you know, twice a week, you're going to be vacuum sealing meat and all that. Um, it's probably not going to last you long. So it might last you six months and you're going to have to replace it. So um, you might be better off buying a, um, spending $250 on a more heavy duty, more commercial type channel sealer or spending that extra couple hundred bucks on a lower level chamber sealer like the uh, Abbott Armor at $400 and then not have to worry about replacing it, you know, in a year or so. Um, so that's the kind of things you have to look at yourself and say, what's my budget? How often am I going to use this? If I, you know, I know people that do a lot of sous vide cooking and they do a lot of food prep and a lot of food storage that they have no problem spending five, 600 bucks on a chamber sealer because of the benefits of it, but that's not for everybody. So if you want to start out trying it out and buy one of the cheaper 60 or so dollar units to see how often you're going to use it. And then eventually, you know, work your way up. You can do that as well. But um, like I said, I always, I always say, you know, make sure you find something that don't just look at price, look at how you're going to be using it how it's going to benefit you and then how long it's going to last you. Because if you just look at price, you could probably be buying something. And if you have to replace it five or six times, it doesn't save you any money. But if you're just buying garbage, you know, and you're replacing garbage every six months to a year, you're, you're wasting money and um, you're probably not going to have a, a good time with it. So there's people that swear by food saver brands or, you know, the brand people are out there. I like things that work. I like things that, you know, are going to last me a long time. So I do look at brands to some extent, but I also, it also has to um, make sense to me. Um, these Avid Armor units work really well. They're also um, priced really well for the home user. So they also have some uh, regular channel sealers as well. So check them out. Check out that Inkbird unit if you want to start out with something small. Try it out. Those are, you know, 60, 70 bucks. Check it out. Um, I know that Costco sells food saver units, and usually, you know, uh, Costco is a great place to buy those type of things because if it breaks, usually they'll, they'll let you, you know, bring it back to them and replace it pretty easy. So I know that they always have a food saver brand there for 100 bucks or 120 bucks that, um, you know, if you want to start out uh, figuring out if, um, you know, you really want to we'll use a vacuum sealer 
often uh, try out one of those, but don't think that chamber sealers are out of your league because like I said, that's one of the things that I really love about this time now is that there's companies coming out with cheap chamber sealers. There's, um, you know, so many of them now that are under, you know, 600 bucks that, um, you can use in your home that they're the size that, that work well in your home. So, so check them out guys, make sure you check out my videos on my YouTube channel or my Facebook page with all the different uh, comparisons I've done. Um, I, I try, I try to do as many as I can. I'll show you, you know, from the basic chambers or the basic channel sealer to, you know, the most ex more expensive chamber sealers. I particularly like to use a channel uh, chamber sealer because I do a lot of sous vide cooking and food storage. So it works great for me. The chamber bags are also a lot cheaper. There's no texture on them. I can buy, you know, a thousand of them for 30 bucks and, and go, you know, have that last me for a long time. So there are some benefits to chamber sealers besides just, um, the function of it. You know, the cost of operating is, is a lot cheaper as well. So thanks again for watching. Make sure you follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Check out my videos on the uh, the vacuum sealers, all different kinds. I've got plenty of them out there. Make sure you check out the Fire and Water Cooking YouTube channel, Facebook page, Facebook group, and like, subscribe, and share the podcast. And I'll see you on the next Fire and Water Cooking podcast as well well thanks again for joining me on the fire and water cooking podcast if you're listening to this on audio only make sure you check out my facebook page and or youtube channel fire and water cooking and you can find the video version of this as well but thanks for following make sure you check out the links below you can check out the vacuum sealers i've discussed and i'll see you again on the next fire and water cooking podcast